Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Greensburg. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Decatur County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Good morning. It is Wednesday, February 15th. It is six minutes after 11, and you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We start off this hour by talking about our president, our commander in chief. You know, he gives lots of speeches, except for when the nation is waiting for him to talk to us. In that case, he's just MIA. But when he does give his speeches, he's known for a number of of characteristics and most of them working against him. He yells angrily at times. He garbles his words. He jumps randomly from subject to subject. Sometimes he verbally attacks members of the audience. And then there's always the time where he leans theatrically towards the microphone for emphasis. And then, of course, he has his crutch phrases like when he says, for God's sakes, and look, different things. But according- No joke. No joke. No joke. But according to the White House press secretary, he's an excellent communicator. Excellent. Yeah. Corinne Jean-Pierre uh, had a little press conference yesterday, and these words actually did come out of her mouth. Is it the view of the president's communications team that he is equally adept in all settings in terms of communications, or are there some that played a greater strength, some where he probably isn't as strong, et cetera? I will tell you this. The president is the best communicator that we have in the White House. <laughs> What's that saying for the White House? That's not really a ringing endorsement for everybody else there. Throughout uh, his decades of public service, he's earned a reputation for often saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. And I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts on this, Rob. You know, there's an entire wiki page devoted to his gaffes and mistakes, like calling the Iranian people instead of you calling them Iranian instead of Ukrainian. Yeah. Yeah. There's reading the teleprompter, mm-hmm. the cues out loud. Uh-huh. Stop. Mm-hmm. Hard stop. Yes. There's uh, fist bumping mm-hmm. the uh, Saudi prince. Yeah. There's also forgetting the death of a Republican lawmaker, asking someone in a wheelchair to stand, oh, yeah. exiting the stage the Mem- wrong way. Remember, Call- remember when he made the con- the comment about the Indian people owning the 7-Elevens? Mm-hmm. Remember that one? Now, Casey, you did, because we could just be here forever, you did the work as 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 uh, Kamala Harris would say, you did the work. The work to do the work. And you uh, narrowed this down to some of uh, Biden's uh, gaffes. Um, again, you, this could be a nine-hour clip, but you just uh, did a little short summarizing for it us. Was, it was really hard yeah. to narrow it down. Oh, okay. That was actually the hardest part. And with the help of uh, excellent producer extraordinaire Kevin, we've got we've got a minute of some, some glorious moments from... Joe Biden. Well, folks, I eliminate one tax loophole out of a trillion six hundred billion worth, a trillion four hundred billion worth, out of a billion four hundred million. Excuse me, a trillion four hundred billion dollars. It's hard you, to even you know say it so much. And by the way, it's cost a lot of money. It cost about seven hundred forty million billion dollars over ten years. We have this notion that somehow, if you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids, wealthy kids, black kids. In Delaware, the 
largest growth in population is Indian Americans moving from India. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. So fully, I'm not joking. Chuck Graham, state senator, is here. Chuck, stand up, Chuck. Let him see you. Oh, God love you. What am I talking about? I tell you what, you're making everybody else stand up, though, pal. Thank you very, very much. His mom uh, lived in uh, in Long Island for 10 years or so. Uh, God rest her soul. And uh, um, although she's, wait, your mom's still, your mom's still alive. Is your dad passed? God bless her soul. <laughs> there you go. It's a minute. It's very well done. Yeah. Thank you for subjecting yourself to that. That's the best communicator we have in the White House right there. But in, in the words of the infamous ShamWow commercial, <laughs> but wait. There's more. There's more. So yesterday, Casey, Biden mm-hmm. was giving a speech, and, and uh, let's play one of our favorite games here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll have Kevin play you some audio, and mm-hmm. you tell me if Biden has any idea what he's talking about. Maricopa County, Arizona, we helped build a new bridge over the, uh, over the, over the Holly River. Look, and, and Warsaw, or excuse me, Washington County in Nevada, we're spending $89 billion to add several lanes to the U.S. 395. <laughs> I, it, I, okay, I'll be honest. I listened to it three times, uh-huh. and I broke it down. Yeah, okay, great. I think I know what he was trying to say. Should we try? Should we do, play it again? Mm-hmm. Because I didn't. I would have never had the heart to listen to that three times. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what he said. Uh, oh, you put in the work. I did. I okay, put in the ahead, work. Go ahead, Kev. Maricopa County, Arizona. We helped build a new bridge over the uh, over the over the Holly River. Look, and Warsaw, or excuse me, Washington County in Nevada. We're spending $89 billion to add several lanes to the U.S. 395. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, you ready for the breakdown? Yeah, yeah. Okay, he's talking about Maricopa County, obviously in Arizona, uh-huh. right? And I believe he was talking about something that had to do with his infrastructure bill. Okay. Okay, so in Maricopa County, crews are shifting a two southbound lane road on Gilbert Road, which is traveling from State Road 87. Uh-huh. And I believe that's what he's talking about. Although I looked on the map and I could not find a Holly River. There's a Holly River in West Virginia. Uh-huh. Didn't find one in Maricopa County. Uh-huh. Then he goes on to talk about Washoe County in Nevada. Uh-huh. It's not Washington County. It's Washoe County. Uh-huh. It's, and they're spending $89 million or 8 to $9 billion. It was hard to tell what he said there. For lanes on US 395. So the Nevada Department of Transportation planning improvements along a four-mile stretch Casey. of road on US Casey. 395. Casey. I'm just I'm just trying to help you out, Casey. <laughs> I appreciate all the effort that you put into that. By the way, that total cost in, in Nevada is $180 million. I appreciate what you did for this show. Yeah. You're an incredible coworker. The effort you put into our audience is amazing. But why couldn't he just say it like a normal person with seven brain cells left? Because he doesn't know. Doesn't know. Why do we have to put all this effort in on a to daily basis to figure saying. it out? But he is the best communicator in the White House. There you go. Okay. When we come back, yeah, 
because I that was a little fun for you. Oh, this thank you. Yeah. When we come back, mm-hmm. you know me, Casey. I have long said when I leave this earth, I want people to say exactly what they thought of me. If you liked me, mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. If you hated me, great. Don't sugarcoat it because that's how I treat other people. And when we come back, mm-hmm. Diane Feinstein Stein. Okay. We're uh, going to get to that finally. Kind of announced. She was retiring that I guess forgot she announced. And then Schumer sprinted to a podium and was like, you, you're gone, sister. She retired. And I am not going to let the media get away with flooding her with compliments mm-hmm. and praise. Because that woman, once upon a time, mm-hmm. did one of the dumbest things imaginable. And it may have gotten people killed. Yeah. And we're very lucky it didn't get a lot more people injured. She is an idiot, and I'm not going to let her go out the door with people saying what a great contributor she was to society. Okay, you're listening to Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear what Kevin, you are so on it. We have one small conversation about this song off the air, and then it becomes a bumper well, music song. This is uh, who I was thinking of when you were talking about Nils Lundgren earlier. Nils Lofgren, Kev. Lofgren, Lundgren was a guy named Jeffrey Lundgren who killed a whole bunch of people and got executed in Ohio. All right, yeah. Nils Lof- Lofgren. Lofgren. So well, Kev, I was thinking of Harry Nilsson when you talked about him. Kev, in our conversation about Nils Lofgren goes, isn't he the guy who played with the Beatles? I was like, no, he's not 103, Kev. And he goes, there was some Swedish guy who worked with the Beatles. And finally you determined it was Nilsson? Harry Harry Nilsson, yeah, he like collaborated. I think he wrote songs with the Beatles and the Beach Boys and various other artists. I've learned like, something today. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it was like 60s, mid to late 60s. Well, this was the only Nilsson hit as I recall like he was he would you call him a one hit wonder mm-hmm. now this was a huge huge song but yeah I saw was- a documentary about him and I think that was like he seemed like a one hit wonder but he did a lot of things behind the scenes with other artists kind of like babyface doesn't matter if you don't get the credit Kev <laughs> remember that mm-hmm. doesn't yeah. matter if you don't get the credit just, just stick to your Lundgren or whatever <laughs> <laughs> 18 minutes after 11 it is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and a lot of things trending this hour and I'm just going to rip them off Patrick Mahomes said that his coach Andy Reid threatened to bench any Chiefs player who tried to watch Rihanna's Super Bowl halftime show So there's, what, 52, 53 less people who are watching her. Also trending Jeopardy. The producers say they're struggling to find seat fillers. They're giving away free tickets, but it's still not bringing in crowds like Alex Trebek used to do. Wow. Also trending, Edison Research has come out with the top 50 podcasts for last year. Joe Rogan and the Joe Rogan experience was number one. Sure. Also trending M&M's. The Spokes candies are back for good after a temporary layoff. Well, that's wonderful. And then finally trending. This happened during the Academy Awards luncheon. Steven Spielberg told Tom Cruise that he saved Hollywood. It was it was kind of mumbled, but he said he was leaning into Tom Cruise, hugging on him, and he said, "You saved Hollywood's beep." Yeah, I think 
I think that if he did save Hollywood, it's pretty short term in the sense of Hollywood is now just an idea more so than a thing, right? Like our friend Brian Baker Mm -hmm. tells us, you know, he's living in Georgia now making films on the on the regular and with Netflix and all the very streaming services. I mean, you're just not seeing big dollar blockbuster films come out of Hollywood that go to the theater anymore. Right. Well, yeah. Tom Cruise may have saved last year yeah. for Hollywood. Well, well, it's one guy, right? It's one film. Yeah. Until there's an original movie idea, I don't think Hollywood's yeah. been saved. Yeah. Because Top Gun is just piggybacking off of, you know, obviously the original Top Gun. Mm-hmm. And how well did Top Gun do because of all the time it took for it to come out because of COVID? How many people were, were so... The anticipation yeah, was built up. Exactly. And that's part of the success for it. Yeah. It's possible because if you hadn't had that long of a time to build it up, would as many people have known about it? And we were going to talk about this the other day. Never, we ran out of time. What is the next genre for Hollywood? Yeah. And uh, I'm going to say a lot of my research points to video game characters becoming movie. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I could see that. Didn't well, they try I mean, that with Super Mario? No, that- but like on to the next level, like imagine uh, a world where Grand Theft Auto, it's a cross between CGI and real actors playing them because what gaming the, is what, what the hell are you even saying? I know what you're saying. They've actually English done woman. games. English woman, English. They've done uh, movies like that. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't know if you've heard of Assassin's Creed. There's like movies for that series. But they weren't like big, you know, Hollywood produced movies or anything. What? what well, they're saying that, you know, the gaming world is going to take over Hollywood. Why would anybody go to see that? Well, there's a lot of people, you know, my age and younger. Yeah, or it's your even age. Older. Thank you. But that's yeah. who goes to movies, though. Yeah, and right? I think, I, think um, I could see that happening, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I saw a movie last night. Yeah. Very rare because I don't really have the attention span. You know, I don't read and I don't sit through things. You write, though. I write a lot. I do read a lot. I just don't read, like, books. You read the internet. I read the internet. Um, <laughs> what uh, movie did you well, see? Well, I was just perusing through uh, the uh, various movie options, and I came upon this movie, and it was excellent. It is actually old now. It was, like, 2016. And Michael Keaton mm-hmm. plays... Ray Kroc, the founder of McDonald's. Well, not the founder of McDonald's. Oh, the guy that's a great who movie. The, have you seen this movie? Yeah, the founder. Yeah, the founder is the name of the movie. Michael Keaton. That's is, been out for a few years. Yeah, 2016. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, he is. It is so good. Have you not seen it? Uh, boy, Ray Kroc was sure a manipulative pos. <laughs> I mean, he totally just bamboozled those McDonald's brothers and uh, mm-hmm. basically treated them like garbage until he screwed them afterwards. Hey, yeah. talking of POSs, should we finally get to your story that you've been wanting to talk about, Diane Feinstein-Stein? Uh, yes, because this bothers me big time. Okay, she told reporters on Tuesday that she had not released anything about retiring from Congress after her office put out a statement announcing that this was her last term. Yes. And then Chuck Schumer was going to the podium yeah, congratulate, congratulating her yes. on her wonderful service and just bestowing accolades upon her and what a awesome power she is. And then she came out and said, wait, I haven't made that decision. I haven't released anything. 
And they told her, yes, you have. Yes, you have. So th- yes, you did. Yes, you did. Think about So think about our country right now, right? Like, so last segment, we dedicated it to Joe Biden mm-hmm. and just- Being you, a great communicator. You have no idea what he's saying in any given moment. Mm-hmm. And then you have Chuck Grassley on the Republican side, who is 187, <laughs> who just got reelected. 89, just had hip surgery. Uh, and then you've got Dianne Feinstein. Also 89. Who is so out of it that she doesn't even know if she's retired or now she's retiring or not. Mm-hmm. And these are the people who on the regular, people like them, et cetera, who are making decisions mm-hmm. for our country. It is amazing, Casey, and I know I've said this before, I will say it again. It is amazing given the complete disaster of leadership we have had in this country, especially say the last hundred-ish years that America has done as well as it has. It is truly a testament to the greatness of the American people. So it's not the first time that her memory or cognitive abilities have been called into question. Last year, some of her colleagues were expressing concern about her memory fading. But Adam Schiff and Katie Porter, it's being reported, have already announced that they're seeking her seat. Yes, they're already running. There's but she's, she's saying, wait, I'm not going anywhere. No, they and they're she, saying, no, yes, you are. They said, you're not running. Um, here's the thing, though. Someone is telling her that she's retiring. That's and, how bad it is. And this is very important, Casey. My rule is that I treat others as I would like to be treated. Mm-hmm. So when people say, why are you mean to the politicians? Because when I was an elected official, I didn't go home and cry when people came and pounded their fist and yelled at me because I work for them, right? Mm-hmm. I, that's part of the job, right? So I treat people as I want to be treated. And so my rule, and you know this, is when I'm gone, I don't want anybody who didn't like me to feel some obligation to say something nice about me unless they mean it. If you hated my guts, you post that all over social media. I hated that POS. I'm glad he's out of here. So that's, I tell the truth about people. So she announces by default or by force or whatever that she's retiring yesterday. And all these people are sprinting out about pioneer and hero and whatever and blah, blah, blah. Bull crap. Dianne Feinstein was a dangerous buffoon long before she lost her marbles. Dianne Feinstein was the mayor of San Francisco when the uh, Night Stalker was actively murdering and raping men and women across California. And as many of you may know, he ventured up to San Francisco and started committing crimes there. Well, in San Francisco, they got very important, identifiable evidence on the Night Stalker. Something about his shoes, It was his shoes. It was, uh, I mean, it was was the shoe print, the shoe itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was a host of things that they got on this guy that they said, hey, if we catch this guy, he's doing the same thing at every scene. And we can use this to identify, hey, do we have the right guy? Mm -hmm. How do we interrogate this guy, et cetera. And she went out, including the gun. The gun was the big one. She goes out in a press conference as the mayor of San Francisco Mm -hmm. and reveals all of this information that the authorities have on Richard Ramirez and had Richard Ramirez not been a complete and utter moron, he would have, could have just fled into the ether Mm -hmm. 
and never been caught. Because she went on TV and told the killer exactly what the police were looking for. Absolutely. Or he could have gone somewhere else and Mm -hmm. started over again. Mm -hmm. I mean... Changed his clothes. They are very lucky Richard Ramirez is dumber than this this, uh, spray bottle of bleach that I'm looking at right now. Because he could have killed infinitely more people and got away with it potentially forever because of her buffoonery mm-hmm. and what happened to her and this is what always happens right despite being just totally incompetent the people of california elevated her to the u.s senate these are the people mm-hmm. that keep getting elevated to positions of leadership in this country same thing with joe biden elevated right right to the top of the class we are to blame, right? It's easy to it's easy to cast the stones on the politicians. Right, but they keep getting elected. They don't grow out of the ground. Mm-hmm. There isn't a politician farm. We promote and elevate these people. And in the case of California, there's a litany of terrible people they have elevated, and she is right near the top, and mm-hmm. I am not going to let her get out the door with people saying how great and wonderful she is mm-hmm. because that was just one of many examples where her total lack of judgment did... Mm-hmm harm the people of this country. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and Jeff Saturday, former interim coach for the Colts, has said goodbye. He made a nice little video and we're going to share it with you coming up from 93 WIBC. should uh, be a halftime show at the Super Bowl? Yes, they should totally yeah. let Weird Al Weird do the Al. next halftime show. Now, I've heard Bowl. some people say that they would not sit through a whole entire parody concert. Mm-hmm. That would just be too much for them. It's 15 minutes. Well, that's true. Yeah, I guess, yeah, that's true. It's a lot of costume changes. Weird Al, Weird Al is weirdly, weirdly, pun intended, the perfect person to play the Super Bowl. Like, think about the stuff he does. Mm-hmm. Like, his songs are quick. They're catchy. They're recognizable. The right. music, at least, even if you don't know the parody, the yeah. parody, mm-hmm. you know the song. He does mass stage presence and costume changes. He's made for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, for a Super Bowl halftime show, I think everyone you could would like you it. could do Eat It. Another one rides the bus. Fat. <laughs> smells like Nirvana. Amish Paradise. Amish Paradise. And then maybe you could get my Bologna in there. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, the the Beverly Hillbillies one, the I Want My T- MTV cover, because his songs are quick enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, he do, and he has a medley, or at least he used to, already worked into his live shows. So it wouldn't be that much of an extension. Weird Al would be the perfect person to do the halftime show at the Super Bowl. Now, do you think you could grab Gen Z's attention with Weird Al's music? I think Weird Al is weirdly becoming more popular as he gets older. Just because, like, it's like the legend of Weird Al. Yeah, and I think the new Weird Al movie might have helped with that, too. I think Weird Al would be perfect. Now, they're never going to let that happen. There's a whole bevy of people who should have played the Super Bowl halftime show who we'll never get to. Yeah. It would be Weird Al, REO Speedwagon, Legit Journey, mm-hmm. Legit Foreigner. <laughs> legit Journey. Well, I'm talking, like, yeah, not, the, not the imitators that they have in there now. Originally, If you singers. brought Steve Perry back, mm-hmm. Legit mm-hmm. Foreigner with Lou Graham. Legit sticks all we, would be perfect people for the halftime show. Weird Al would give some comic relief too, especially if your team's not winning or you <laughs> didn't get your bet right. And Kev is laughing at me when I say sticks. And Casey will back me up with this because she's seasoned seasoned enough to experience it I'm in real not time. Laughing at you. Oh, I saw it. You're totally dismissive laugh on your face. Sticks in the early to mid 1980s mm-hmm. were doing stadium shows. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Mr. Roboto? Yes. Yeah. I, I saw them live. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> now, because they, and this is the damage Tommy Shaw's done to society. Are you ready for this? Because Tommy Shaw's the guy who hijacked the band mm -hmm. from Dennis D. Young. Mm -hmm. Now they have to play like the free stage at the county fair. They went from selling out stadiums yeah. to free stage at the county fair mm -hmm. because Tommy Shaw. Yeah is a horrific, horrible person. Well, when did uh, Dennis D. Young leave? Well, they kicked him out in the late 80s. Oh, so they kicked him out. Oh, yeah, because he, he couldn't, he had a, Dennis D. Young has a, a affliction by which he struggles to look into light. And so- The stage lights stage pretty much. Lights. It was mm -hmm. either the strobe lights or he gets out of yeah, it. Yeah, and so, and so he said, I need some time off. And Tommy Shaw, because he's very selfish and hates America, said no. So they kicked him out. Nobody went to see their shows, or uh, there was no success or whatever. Then they got back together in the mid-'90s, and it was huge, the Sticks reunion thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then they got mad at him again and kicked him out, and he hadn't been in since, whatever, 95 or whatever. Okay, yeah, so when I saw them live, it was like three years ago. That was no, There was no Dennis D. Young. No, you're not seeing Sticks. You're seeing Tommy Shaw and his buddies. But I could still say I saw Sticks. No, you cannot. You saw Tommy <laughs> Shaw and his buddies play on stage together. That's what you saw. Yeah, I also saw CCR at the free stage. You also did not see CCR because John Fogarty is not in CCR. You really haven't seen all these bands that you think you have. You I've know, seen you, a lot. You say that I'm seasoned all the time or just more experienced than you in regards to sticks. Yeah. And this will really date me. Oh. In fifth grade, uh -huh. a boy gave me a 45 of Babe. What? Wow. Yeah. Do you even know what a 45 is? Yeah, of course. Okay, I've good. got some in my yeah, own record collection. Ke Kev's in never, play, never played one. Yeah, but no, I've I've played. Oh, okay. I, I get. I bet you probably have a forty. You have probably played forty. Oh, I've played many forty oh, five. Yeah. yeah, but when I think about that now, babe, babe, I'm leaving. That's like a breakup song. No, it's no. He was. Oh, he, he was trying to, Casey. He's trying to pick you up, Casey. It was fifth grade. Casey, Rob, babe, also on the list of Is that probably a love song? ten greatest. Babe, I'm leaving? Yes, it's a song he wrote for his wife about when he went back out on tour and how he hated to leave her and how he's going to love her forever. Okay. So it kind of goes along with Journeys Faithfully, right? Wait, wait. You're on the road. You're telling I'll me. I'll be with you. You're telling me, Casey, that <laughs> right. that kid went to all. Nope. You started this. Okay. Uh, you, that kid went to all that effort to give you that very fabulous, mm -hmm. deep, 40, felt. 45. One of the 10 greatest songs ever written. Yeah. And you didn't even take the time to learn the heartfelt the meaning of the message song? that that young man was trying to give to you. Nope. Well, wait, how did you react? Did you accept the 45? Well, sure. And then what did you tell him to get lost? Or I, it was fifth grade. It was like we sat next to each other maybe for two weeks in the cafeteria. Casey, you could you could have ruined that young man's life. <laughs> oh, Casey, please, and please. this <laughs> and this is a major problem in our society. Nobody listens to lyrics. Remember that song? It was an Elton John where Rocket Man, and there was a commercial about this years ago where people were singing the wrong lyrics to mm -hmm. Rocket Man. And everybody thought that was funny. That is not no, funny. No, that, that was Tiny Dancer. Tiny, was it Tiny Dancer? Yeah, because Hold Me Now, Tony Danza. Yes, whatever. <laughs> it's not funny. These people put a lot of effort into this stuff, mm -hmm. and the songs have meaning, and it's mm -hmm. their life's work, mm -hmm. and people think it's funny that they don't understand what the people are saying. Well, Weird Al thinks it's funny. He's, he's making parodies. But you're going these. to that knowing that he's mocking, you're, right? You're, you're coming this as an adult man. No, I'm I, was talking, I would have come I'm this. I'm talking like a 10-year-old. No, Casey. I assure you, when I was 10 years old... He should not have been buying me a record to begin with. It was... So inappropriate. I think that's such a nice gift. <laughs> what? 
It was. You're crapping on some kid because no, he did something nice for no, you? No, I, I, I'm not. I it think someone else nice. deserved and how would that you, gift. See, if you had learned the lyrics, Casey. Mm-hmm. I would have known. It was a gesture of but kindness I'll be low, and love. How, you would have, you, I'm going to read you just one little stanza, and then we'll move on. Okay. And then there was no way you would know anything other than this kid. I just remember the first time, babe, I'm leaving. A, yeah. You did the thing that everyone else does. And look at, <laughs> I turned it down? What? Yes. Yeah. You, okay, you, keep going you, then. All right, Prove ready? Prove me wrong. Prove right. me wrong. But I'll be lonely mm-hmm. without you. Aww. And I'll need your love to, to see, see me, me through. through. So please believe me, my heart is in your hands, Aww. and I'll be missing you. Aww. I've never been more disappointed I wonder with you where than he, I am right I now. I wonder where he was going. He was in fifth grade. Where do you think he was going? <laughs> That he would choose that song. Well, he's he's clearly he was clearly a thinker, and he was romantic. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Jeff Saturday because babe, he's leaving. <laughs> You're so disappointed. This is uh, sad. <laughs> just... So Jeff Saturday, it's okay. We can move on. <laughs> Jeff Saturday was speaking publicly for the first time since the Colts hired his replacement. He expressed his gratitude and uh, his opportunity to lead the team he once played for. Okay, so we'll play this, and then I'm going to ask you because uh, he didn't. <laughs> if get... I listen to it, yes. if I know the really, what did he say? <laughs> I'm going to ask you uh, a question about getting dismissed because he didn't technically get dismissed, but he basically did because he had the job. He was interim, and 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 he wanted the job again, and they didn't give him the job, so he wasn't fired, but he basically got dismissed. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let's hear what he had to say, and then I'm going to ask you a question about this. Okay. All right, cool. What's up, everybody? Hey, first, I just want to say uh, to the Colts organization, the Colts Nation, how much I appreciate the opportunity. I'm so grateful uh, for the last eight weeks of the season and the opportunity to represent you guys. I appreciate the coaches for all your time, energy, and effort to all the players uh, laying it out there each and every week. I can't tell you how much I respect and appreciate what each and every player, not only for the Colts, but the NFL do uh, and, and what they, they put on the line each and every week. But it was an absolute blessing. Uh, I, I look fondly upon it. Wish we would have done better, but uh, ultimately that, that is where it is. And so uh, I want to wish Coach Dyken the best of luck. I'm still a huge Colt fan and pulling for you guys. Looking forward to uh, hoisting some Lombardi trophies and excited for your opportunity. So uh, for everybody out there, including the however many thousand that signed a petition, which may have included my wife and son, not exactly sure, but in, in all honesty, I'm so grateful for uh, Colts Nation and who you are uh, to represent the horseshoe it meant the world to me and uh again coach dyke and best of luck to you and your family in indianapolis is an incredible town best fans in the world man you're gonna get the greatest support and uh, look forward to watching your success and the rest of the men in that locker room and the coaching staff that you have with you so to all coach Na- colts nation appreciate you guys love you guys and uh see you soon okay mm-hmm. so you work in radio mm-hmm. so i'm gonna guess like the rest of us, you have had uh, on more than one occasion, they have told you your services were no longer needed. Have you ever had that? Have you ever been told your services were no longer needed? Or is this just a me question? Yes. My services, yes. I've been told that. Yeah. And I've also told them that their services were no longer needed. (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to ask you- gone both ways. From the talent perspective because that's what Jeff Saturday was mm-hmm. here. I'm not going to talk about whose dreams you crushed in upper management. I'm going <laughs> to talk about the time someone did it to you. 
what was your response to that? Mm -hmm. How did you go out both in private and in public? When I was fired? Yeah. Oh, gosh, Rob. Um, My response to that? Yeah. Well, I was... I was crushed. Were you? Yeah. Because when you put your heart and soul into something and they say it's not good enough. Like publicly, though, were you, did you say anything about your employer? Did you? No. Nothing? No. Just let it go? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I told Inner Circle. No, but I mean, like publicly, like he made a video and he was super nice. Like they basically no. said, we don't want you for this job. No, 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 And no, he was no, super no. nice about it. Nope. Never, never put anything out on social media that I, that I was wronged or anything like that. Yeah. No. I mean. Oh, I don't, I don't think I'd say I was wronged. I think I would just, I don't think I'd be nearly as nice as Jeff Saturday was. He was very <laughs> nice about that. But of course, you know, he might be trying to get back on TV, right? Yeah. So he wants to keep that nice persona around him. He's still very young, still 47 years old, got a lot of working years ahead of him. Although he doesn't need to. I mean, his net worth is at $15 million. So if he wanted to sail off into the sunset, he could. But by going out nicely, he's leaving the door open. So have I ever publicly burned a bridge? Not when I've been uninvited, but when I have reversed it, yes, I've burned a bridge. What does that mean, when you've reversed it? When I've said that their services were no longer needed. When, I, when I've quit, when I've quit a job. Oh, okay. Yes, I've burned a bridge down. Okay. In fact, the one I had right before this one. Oh! <laughs> so you're saying we're stuck together. <laughs> Pretty much. But you get to a point in your career where you don't need the recommendation anymore. Yeah. Like you have built your resume enough. You have the proof that you can do the job. And sometimes it just doesn't work out. It's just not a good cultural fit. Yeah. And if you see that and you don't need the recommendation, you don't need to, you know, hearts and flowers on your way out. Just peace out. I mean, I didn't really burn the bridge down. I just did not give a very long notice. I once got... Uh, the required or the, the standard two weeks. I once got dismissed from a radio job very early on in my uh, career. Yeah. And then like six months later, uh, I was invited back. Yeah. And I... Did you take it? Well, yeah. I mean, I was like 18. Where else was I going to work? Okay. I mean, it was, you know, what choice did I have? Mm -hmm. But then I later found out I got invited back, not because they wanted me back, but the guy they replaced me with mm -hmm. allegedly mm -hmm. had like a meltdown mm -hmm. and like threw a valuable clock in a toilet at the radio station. Mm. So they needed someone. <laughs> they needed a heartbeat. Yeah, it wasn't they really wanted me back. Yeah. They just knew I would show up. I have this, I have this lady, uh, this is one of the best quitting stories and then we'll, we'll get to a break. A uh, woman was resigning from her position. Yes. She, and this is back in the time of beepers. You know, where you'd get a beeper and it would beep, 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 yeah. that sort of thing. Uh, doctors used to have them a lot. So she had she had the, the station's beeper mm -hmm. and she FedExed the beeper to the radio station uh -huh. and did not show up that morning. Package came in the mail. Uh -huh. She called the beeper. So the package was going off. We opened the package and inside the package was her beeper with a note that said I quit. Well, so, so much for, and let me be very clear about this place here, okay? And I, she's done with radio, by the oh, way. Oh, well, <laughs> well, we'll go to a break. Uh, I'm never quitting here. 
Okay, they're going to have to cart you out. They're going to have to drag me out Mm -hmm, of here. mm -hmm. I'm going kicking and screaming. Uh And when I go, Uh there will not be a Jeff Saturday-esque video. Let me be very clear. Because I need this job, Casey. Same. So make it work, Kendall. Make it work. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Babe, I'm leaving. I must be on my way. <sighs> it smells like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich when you play this song. You know, Tony just will have a segment on his show where he plays a whole song. Are we allowed to do that too? I don't think so. That has not been approved yet. Well, you like he asks. <laughs> we, we just talked about losing a job or quitting a job and we both said we like this job. We want to keep it. So let's not go off Well, he's getting ready to hit, the, hit the chorus here. So let's just hang on just a second if that's all right. Uh, sure. You're going to sing along? In my heart. Okay. So please believe me. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. My heart is in your hand. Oh, yeah. Fifth grade boy <laughs> that you rejected. I know. All right, what do you want to talk about? I don't really even remember. It will be better name. than Dennis DeYoung, but whatever you want to talk about, go ahead. Let's talk about Gen Z, how they're getting their driver's licenses at a rate far below previous generations. Yeah. Uh, so in 1997, 43% of 16 year olds had their license, but just in the past couple of years, that number has fallen to 25%. So a lot less Gen Zers getting their license. They chalk it up to fear, anxiety, <laughs> and finances. Some are even saying fear and anxiety of what? Driving, even environmental concerns, contributing factors. Fear and anxiety of driving. Mm-hmm. Okay, Kev. So you're Gen Z's what? Ninety six. Ninety six to twenty twelve. Okay. Yeah, so I was that, born in ninety five. Okay. So you, yeah. Okay. So you're close. So you can. You. It's like. Um, it's like being an interpreter, right? With the you know, when the pilgrims came over, they had to have an interpreter. Yeah. You're you're not Native American, but you can speak the language, right? Yeah. You're not a you're not a Gen Z, but you can speak the language. Right. I'm I'm like two millennial for the Gen Z and two Gen Z for the uh, millennial. What's wrong with your What's wrong with these people, Kev? What's going on? I don't on? know. I used to like for us, it was uh, exciting to get mm-hmm. your license. I mean, it was freedom. Freedom. Yes. Yeah. Could not wait. So I mean, I remember being excited. I mean, it was kind of intimidating, uh, but I did it and it was yeah, normal. Like, I thought like at 14, you started driving in parking lots and on country roads with your parents. Mm-hmm. And I guess that just doesn't happen anymore. I guess many of them feel like they don't need it. It stresses them out. But when you're given everything yeah. and you have a chauffeur who's willing to take you everywhere... Why do the work? Why get the license when you can just keep being chauffeured, right? Why don't we just all be real still for the rest of the show and let Dennis DeYoung take us out. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. Good job today. And thank you for listening. We're going to count on you to be back here tomorrow. You know it's you, It's Cadillac Casey on 93 WIBC.